everyone, welcome to another episode of Tink Chat. Today our topic is how the oil and gas industry is looking to transform itself into a more efficient industry yeah. by adopting 3D printing. Yeah. So full, full disclosure first, we are not oil and gas guys. Yeah, we uh, have no yeah. idea. I think at best we are technology guys understands kind of how different verticals are adopting the 3D printing tech. Yeah. And I do have some experience, um, not personally, but through the, our industrial designer uh, and seeing some of the stuff that he did, uh, that he was working on, that he was taking an approach to with mm -hmm. oil and gas, which predominantly was prototyping, yeah, um, plastic parts, fitting, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think the oil and gas industry is actually transforming, and not yeah. just with 3D printing, digital fabrication as a mm -hmm. whole. And so, you know, we did some research. I mean, yeah. you know, some more, more like Andy, you did some research. <laughs> And uh, we we realized that there was actually quite a lot of changes coming. Yeah. Or proposed changes on the way. Yeah. Right. So one of the exciting things I think for anyone in the oil and gas industry is that supposedly the, these changes are gonna they're gonna change the way that the revenue is generated, or yeah, and it's gonna exactly, supposedly yeah. increase the revenue. Mm -hmm. And I guess from a business perspective, who doesn't like revenue? Yeah. Right? I so, mean, we've seen from previous chats. Um, on different industries on how much additive manufacturing actually changes um, the whole business workflow if it's adopted in the right places. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so honestly, I, I'm not surprised oil and gas is trying to get into this. Um, there's a lot of reason why, uh, which we'll jump in, in a sec. Yep. Uh, yeah, but as Eugene mentioned earlier, we both aren't really oil and gas people. I have no idea how to, I didn't even know how these two <laughs> industries would intersect. Um, so I, I did a lot of digging, as Eugene said. Um, but uh, yeah, now I was going to say one thing what you guys don't realize is we have a board in front of us with a couple of notes. And there is a note right in front of us that says revenue to increase a lot underscored by Andy. Yeah. And so like, what is that a lot? Uh, it's projected to be in um, by 2025 to be in the billion dollar ranges. Um, is there like a range, like a five to thirty-five, a fifty uh, to a hundred billion? Some some report says it's up to like thirty-two point five billion. Some report says it's up to like six billion. So there is a range between six to thirty billion dollars. Right. Some um, kind of variable in there yeah. for adoption, rate of adoption, yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, that's not a small amount of money by yeah. any means, right? Yeah. But I mean, and I remember when you first shared that with me, I said like, how are they doing that? Yeah. Like, why? I mean, I understand the why, mm -hmm. um, but like how? Like, what are yeah. they looking to do? And and when you started going through it, I'm like, okay, I can see this. I can see the check marks started yeah. coming off. So I mean, yeah. So so how are they doing it? Well, what are they proposing that we're um, that they do? I suppose not we do. They do. So well, let's let's talk about the benefits of additive additive manufacturing. Um, for the oil and gas industry. One thing um, I'm sure a lot of you know that oil and gas industries, they, they work in really remote areas, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you see an oil rig in the middle of the, in the, middle of the ocean, right? Yeah. And one thing that they have to do is they have to carry a lot of spare parts and inventory with them. Right. And that's a huge sunk cost, right? All that money, capital put into um, Just inventory that you, you probably don't even know or you don't know when you need it. Right. And um, 3D printing um, will allow them to get rid of that inventory. 
We'll yeah. not get rid of it completely, but, but the inventory changes. It. Yeah. it changes from the individual parts and components, and it could be thousands, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and it condenses it to pretty much one. Yeah. Uh, assuming that the material type is the same, it condenses mm -hmm. it to one, and the one yeah. inventory becomes powder material yeah. or the the base material that the parts yeah. are going to be printed out of. And if it's powder metal, if it's you know whatever, that's their inventory. Yeah. And then it becomes a, I suppose, a catalog of digital files yeah, that they print. print. Yeah. So it eliminates Absolutely. all that. I, I, like, when we talk about one of the biggest advantages of 3D mm -hmm. printing, that's one of them. I yeah. mean, we we talk about, uh, in, our, in our last uh, chat with regards mm -hmm. to business adoption, yeah. we, were, we were talking about small and medium-sized businesses, yeah. right? And I mean, oil and gas is not a medium-sized uh, medium business. <laughs> yeah. They're a giant industry. Giant industry. Uh, and, you know, they've consolidated to the point where there's few players in it, Yeah. right? But no business is going to leave efficiencies on the table if they can yeah. get it. Yeah. And if one of the biggest inefficiencies in that industry is the fact that there is a huge amount of capital just locked up mm -hmm. in the business because yeah. they, need f they need it for parts. I mean, think about it. A downtime on an oil rig means millions of dollars lost, lost per hour, yeah. Yeah. right? And so it's in their best interest to get up and running as fast as possible. Yeah. And I'm assuming though that there's also a certain amount of part synchronization between locations like they can do. I think so, yeah. Right? So, you know, if one location finds out a better efficiency, they don't have to send this thing over to a machine shop then to make yeah. 10,000 pieces. Yeah. They just send the digital file yeah, to each over other. and yeah. off to the races. And that's why, I mean, like, I think this transformation in the 3D printing space, mm -hmm. efficiency is more than just 3D printing. It's also digital fabrication. Yeah. So, I mean, reduced inventory, faster turnaround, just-in-time manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. that's already a lot of savings right there. <laughs> absolutely. Um, just, just even fast to turn around, like flying parts out or anything like right. that. Logistics, um, going to remote places. Yeah. Uh, it can, you can literally cut down, um, logistics by, yeah. Or turnaround time by, like, I'm assuming good, like month, month and a half type of, type of situation and yeah. have turnaround be like four to five to yeah. eight to maybe even a day. Like twenty four yeah. hours. Yeah, that's still way faster. A, that that minimums uh, minimizes the downtime by quite a bit on oil rigs. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's actually pretty pretty substantial. I yeah, would say. like I can see why they're saying the projected revenue yeah. increase because I'm assuming that there's down there there has to be downtime when yeah, when machines go be, wrong yeah. they go wrong, and when you're pumping out <laughs> literally when you're pumping out. Yeah. Uh, product yeah. um, and you don't have the time to maintenance machines yeah. and you want to keep up your production, something's going to go wrong yeah. eventually. Yeah. And if it goes down for like six to eight weeks. Yeah. That's, that's bad. I think somebody, somebody, yeah. I think somebody's in trouble at that <laughs> point. Right. Yeah, probably getting fired. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, we just, I mean, we're talking about like oil and gas isn't using plastic parts. No. I don't think they're using plastic parts. They shouldn't. <laughs> um, and because of the environment, because yeah. of the application, the, uh, I'm assuming that the plastic parts are for testing, fitting, yeah. prototyping, yeah. Uh, and then that then gets translated into the more end-use application. Yeah. So the metal printing, the metal powder technologies, yeah. um, and then making end-use parts with yeah. those components, mm -hmm. right? So... Yeah, I mean, the cost efficiencies. Um, so I don't think the cost, like we talked about this off camera mm -hmm. before we jumped onto this. And 
Yeah. I don't think the per part cost actually goes down. I think the per part cost goes up. Yeah. At least in this meantime. But because of the potential savings on the turnaround time. In the long run, and I would say. How they can keep their units up and running, sort of units, uh, production units yeah. up and running quicker yeah. for longer. Yeah. Um, it kind of covers that. That covers that increased um, cost. And that increased cost. cost could be like a $70 part could literally mm -hmm. turn into a $400 part. Yeah. But if that $400 part generates a million dollars yeah. worth of oil, yeah. then that increase doesn't matter. It's yeah. like, a, it's, a, it's a super yeah. small amount. Yeah, compared uh, to the, the bigger The downtime, picture. right? Yeah. So, I mean, like we don't know the inner workings. Like mm -hmm. we did not, you know, dive into like an oil and gas company explorer. Yeah. I mean, we did a little oh, bit. Oh, we did. Um, but we didn't look at their books. We didn't do any of that. Yeah. But logically speaking, that makes a lot of sense, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and we're just talking about oil, not so much like mining. Like yeah. mining is a totally different thing. Yeah. And I think it kind of works around the same space. Yeah. Remote locations, um, needing of parts, just-in-time manufacturing, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then there's the innovation stuff that comes up yeah. on top. Um, yeah, the, the prototyping. Yeah. Um, we talked about in we talked about in previous episodes and every industry pro uh, 3d printing is used for prototyping right. to to give the um to give the industry a more e uh, more of an edge uh these new complex geometries that these 3d printers can print they're stronger they're lighter they're they're just less time to 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 make it um, or, or or they assemble complex yes parts together yeah. as a singular yeah manufacturing manufactured printed objects yeah and now you have less complexity for assembly mm -hmm. easier maintenance yeah all those benefits that come out and of it. it's just it's just uh if you look at it back then how people would usually do it they design it draw it on paper and then they send it to the machine shop before before they actually know whether or not the part works they probably cat it up somewhere in there as well yeah yeah but, but they would never know whether or not it works yet. Until so, they get the final part. Yeah. That's so right. now it's also another advantage is they get to print out the part in, let's say, two days. Yep. Test fit it already into the, the tool that it needs before actually making that leap yeah. to committing to like 500,000 pieces. Yeah. So to give people a sense, I mean, when we first got started as a hardware company, yep. we were looking for a machine shop locally here in Vancouver. Yep. And we had a shop that also worked on oil and gas parts. Mm -hmm. um, and we realized the turnaround time was going to be two to three weeks. Wow. Right? Um, I mean, sure enough, we, could, we probably could have gone to another machine yeah. shop. But uh, the oil and gas industry, I believe, works a bit in that two to three week turnaround time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the tight tolerances that they need, yeah. uh, the finish that they need, you know, the fit, all of that requires time. Mm -hmm. And so two to three weeks just for a prototype, that's a heck of a long time. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, sure, a machine, a 3D printer, like a 3D printer that can do what they're looking for is in the realms of two, three hundred thousand dollars yeah. at a minimum. And on top of that, you probably want to have some tight, you know, tighter tolerances. So, you know, you're looking at maybe four to five days of time frame yeah. just to get that first prototype. Mm -hmm. But four to five days is still better than two to three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, and so like the prototyping part 
the complexity simplification, yeah. uh, simplification, complexity. Uh, okay, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> um, uh, but that's what it really is, yeah. right? Taking complex geometries, combining them into a singular thing so that you don't have to have fasteners. Yeah. You don't have to worry about things that leak and gaskets. Yeah. You can then worry about things like maintenance and ease of maintenance yeah. and ease of access, yeah. right? Exactly. I'm just counting them all in yeah. my hands. Um, and then you add in everything on top of that, the efficiencies, the, the tuning that can be done. Yeah. So like if a part needs to move more objects, then you can design it to move more object because now yeah. you can manufacture this totally differently than if yeah. you could do subtractive manufacturing. Mm -hmm. right? So I think like if I was in oil and gas mm -hmm. as a tech, as a technician, yeah. this is exciting. Yeah. If I was, if I was in oil and gas and I'm looking at this thing from a perspective of the manual labor, this is exciting yeah. because I'm not, I'm not worrying about like if I'm a, if I'm a rig operator, yeah. I'm not worrying about, like, oh my God, I need to, I need to, I need to have people on hand and then I need mm -hmm. to have inventory on hand and I need to make sure everything's up and running. Like this gives flexibility. Like also, this is like absolute flexibility. Yeah. And also I think it takes a load off the stress from your shoulders if you're a technician. Oh, you know what? I think if, if a rig goes down, that's stressful. Like I can't well, I mean, I mean, not, not even that. It's just, um, what happened if they designed new part and it didn't work? Well, I think that they would test fit that before they I mean I mean that's only once they had it that's right. printer, but that's that right. back then in traditional that's manufacturing right. ways stressful right you don't you, you're waiting four weeks that's for right. a part that doesn't work and then you fit in and then like oh we had a downtime I'm 99% sure that most of those remote places that are doing like exploration yeah. oil and gas they have their own machine shop of sorts yeah they have a machinist on hand of sorts mm -hmm. so that when they get a part yeah uh, and if it doesn't go well, they can machine it to a certain degree on hand. Oh, like okay, I, I can't, I can't imagine where the part goes there, and then it's like, oh my god, the holes are in the wrong places, yeah, and then they yeah, gotta send okay. it back and wait for two okay. more weeks. Like they can do certain amounts of work, yeah. but they can't do the fine amounts of work, uh -huh. like the super detailed stuff, yeah. um, because that's not what the facilities are for. Huh. The more capitalized companies, I'm pretty sure, will have a pretty good machine shop on site. Hmm. Well, um, I, I've never been on oil rig, so I have no idea yeah. whether or not. <laughs> That's, that's true, but, uh, but I'm just going to take Eugene's word yeah, for like, it. <laughs> I'm just logically thinking my yeah. way through this, right? Um, but I, I can imagine if a, if a system can be made where the flexibility for parts exists yeah. and they have the ability to fine tune the tolerances yeah. all in one unit. It would make sense. That will be placed in every single yeah. oil and gas rig facility yeah, like or close enough to, mm -hmm. right? And like... Sure enough, we found one article talking just about something along those lines, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll like we'll go into that. Um, but before like before that, um, you know, there needs to be pretty big changes yeah. that comes to this In industry. industry yeah. um, we mentioned a couple. Like, there is the question about how does the the digital inventory get managed? Yeah. Right. Um, or how does it even start? Yeah. Is it First, a is yeah. it a is it a centralized thing between companies? Is yeah. it a centralized thing only in companies? Like it's, it's an intranet type of mm -hmm. inventory system, um, or can like a competitor also get the same part as me? Yeah, I mean, surely I, I suppose that could work. I mean, it will only makes sense that um, two competitors use the same part. It's easier on a manufacturing process. I'm guessing it's like a Home uh, Depot. Yeah, it's like interchangeable. <laughs> uh, it makes sense in my head that way. Yeah. Um, but whether or not it makes sense for them to give up their IP, yeah, their IP because yeah. all these, 
all these oil and gas uh, companies, they all have their own IPs. Right. And um, yeah, IP control, right? Yeah. A digital file, signatures, checking. Yeah. Uh, what if that file gets leaked? Because if it gets yeah. leaked, their competitor gets a hold of it. Mm -hmm. So there's that whole complexity that yeah. needs to happen. Yeah. And then there is the transformation of the employees. Yeah. Because do you need a person on site that can operate the machine? Do you need a person on site that can finish the machine? Like finish the parts? Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there will be a shift in the yeah. skill sets required. Yeah. And then do you need a person on site or do you need people that then can do CAD work to improve mm -hmm. the product? Yeah. And so you get this feedback loop of design, iteration, yeah. testing. Like I don't know how much of that goes on in the, in the oil and, and gas. Surely mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of that for sure, mm -hmm. right? But well, because the yeah. facility is so close to the um, the the actual site, uh, site now, yeah. like that loop can be mm -hmm. like super accelerated, and that's an interesting yeah. element. That's and like there's, super interesting. There's there's also one thing that I think that they have to look at is if they do have three printing in every site, who will be the actual person to say it passes the quality check? Because it's gonna it's gonna range. Um, from different sites, right? Yeah, it's not going to be the same. I, I would I, like I know that for sure that there's on-site uh, mechanical like guys that will yeah. be able to you know sign off on the part. Yeah, right. Uh, but you do require like like typically when you when you send a part to a machine shop, you yeah. give them all the tolerances, yeah. you give them all that stuff, you get yeah. the part back, and then you measure all the tolerances that you're looking for, mm -hmm. and then you check it off, mm -hmm. right? Um, that process will still exist. Yeah. That won't, that won't, I don't think that will change because yeah. otherwise you lose the quality assurance yeah. uh, of the part. But then um, that now becomes an on-site type of situation. Yeah. Right? Um, and I mean, it is an on-site type of situation right now. Yeah. Uh, it just becomes way more demanding mm -hmm. because the parts are literally flying off. I mean, not literally, but they're flying off faster yeah. than... Like a person can say, I need that part tomorrow. And assuming that the part actually takes 24 hours yeah. sprint, you will literally get it in 24 hours. Yeah. And so now you've got this extra layer of speed and speed condenses things. Mm -hmm. Like it condenses stress. Yeah. And so in a shorter amount of time frame, you have to do more to get it back up and running. Yeah. But once it gets back up and running, you're good. Yeah. So yeah, like absolutely, right? It's like staff training. It's gonna be pretty big. What happens if that one mechanical guy that can run the three D printer like gets sick? Well, I'm sure he's still gonna be on an oil rig. I mean, what if you had to fly him out? Oh, then I guess. I mean, then you still like there needs to be additional redundancies put in place, yeah, right? Yeah. So things will change. Staff training will change. Um, redundancies will be put in place, mm -hmm. and like that's gonna be a pretty wild change. Yeah. Like a, like everything gets outsourced. Now everything gets vertically integrated. Yeah. Very different business when things start to vertically integrate. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess they just have to think about this to move forward, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we wrote it down as the needs for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, absolutely. So, like, who who who's doing this? Like, who is starting this trend yeah. of of, uh, of uh, uh, changes or chain yeah. changes? Uh, well, one of the companies, uh, it's pretty big. It's uh, Chevron. I'm sure everyone knows who Chevron is. Um, one, of, one of the many gas stations that we have. 
Uh, in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. I think they have different types of names in the States. Uh, I don't remember them. <laughs> but uh, they actually went into a partnership with someone called the Sol Solzer. I, I don't know if I'm saying their name right. Um, and this partnership is where Solzer is going to be using these hybrid additive manufacturing methods to um, produce stuff for Chevron. Right. And so for those that are wondering what these hybrid systems look like, Andy and I covered it in yeah. one of the episodes. Yeah. And so these systems are uh, where they integrate 3D printers, metal 3D printers, yeah. um, into that of a traditional subtractive manufacturing mm -hmm. system. Yeah. And so they, what they'll typically do is they'll over extrude, over yeah. deposit the shape of mm -hmm. what it is that they want. Uh, providing no waste to yes. you know, subtractive manufacturing. And then they'll go in with the, your typical end mill yeah. uh, on a CNC and bring the tolerances back yeah. to yeah. where the it's original supposed part is supposed to be at. Yeah. Um, saving material, mm -hmm. saving some time, um, yeah. and then still getting the end results just as good as if it was. Well, I guess, I guess that answers my question. Before in the last episode where I, I was like, I don't know who would use this technology because <laughs> I was like... It's, it seems kind of redundant, right? Yeah. But, but now, now I have my answer. Um, yeah. It, it, like, I think, I think we see three D printing as direct to, and that's yeah. that's what what we mentioned: yeah. direct to object and no need to tight, no need for tight tolerances. Yeah. We can we can design yeah. enough tolerances in our parts for where, where, where we work. want it to, yeah. to work. Yeah. But when you're dealing with like microns of mm -hmm. tolerances, yeah. when I say microns, like one, two five yeah. microns um the fdm so the desktop 3d printed technology isn't good enough for that yeah. and even some of the other ones like resin and powder isn't good enough for that yeah. so you do need to tighten the tolerances via a post-processing mm -hmm. yeah. method like a cnc or whatnot yeah so um essentially this partnership um Solzer is helping uh chevron minimize the lead time so they're getting up parts a lot faster yeah and one of the things that they're creating for them is um pump impellers and <laughs> um in the article it says they were expecting in like traditional manufacturing ways it was like up to like 40 60 weeks yeah uh and 40, now 40 to six no four to six weeks 46 weeks that's right four to six weeks something like yeah. that uh Minimized to just three or four days. Right. And that's so, a huge difference. So I, I, the, the pump impeller situation is quite close yeah. to me in my previous life. Oh. And um, like an impeller design is pretty simple. It's, yeah. It just moves, it moves liquid. And um, you can actually do a lot of complex impeller designs to give the pump more head pressure. You probably don't know what that means. Um, but it, it means if it needs to pump liquid upwards, yeah. it has the pressure to move that liquid yeah. up to a certain place. Doesn't it just spin faster? No, it doesn't need to. It could have more oh. pressure to do that. Uh, it needs to be able to, like, same goes for fan design. Certain uh -huh. fans are able to move more air, but they yeah. can't hold pressure. Okay. So in that similar fashion, like I'm talking, I'm geeking out right now. In that similar fashion, impellers are the same. Yeah. There's impellers that can spin faster to move more liquid, but if it needs to move liquid up vertically, yeah. um, then you end up with a situation where that pressure that's coming down will prevent the liquid from moving up. So then you end up going, you can only pump water so hot, liquid so I hot. I see. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just think of them as turbines. They kind of are. They, like they, <laughs> they really are. Um, but 
But I mean, that's an absolutely great yeah. use because you can make shapes and, and optimize for an impeller that you actually can't machine. Yeah. And so like taking, like taking such a simple part and improving on it to give additional efficiencies, like that's kind of genius in my opinion. Well, I, I guess they did the right thing going into a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's what uh, Chevron and Solzer is doing. Um, another company I'm sure everyone's very familiar with is Shell. Um, Shell, the, the gas station as well. Um, they're actually using 3D printing in, um, in, in their business as well. Mostly laser sintering instead of the hybrid additive manufacturing. Um, Powder-based technology. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what they were saying is traditional manufacturing processes uh, which is CNC. Yeah. It's too wasteful. Okay. And so they, they went for uh, laser sintering uh, technology, which is a lot more cost effective because even after you're done with the part, you can still reuse the metal powders. Right. Right. And right. that saves, uh, saves a lot. Yeah. And um, let's provide a bit of clarity as to why subtractive manufacturing um, for those that are yeah. watching that aren't familiar with manufacturing. So Subtractive manufacturing takes a singular block and it removes objects. Yeah. Sorry, it, it removes material until you're left with the object yeah. you're looking for, which means all those little shavings that come yeah. off, they then get recycled later and then mm -hmm. rebuilt back into another block of yeah. sorts. Or some people just simply like throw it away. But when you have a lot of shavings, yeah. you typically recycle them. Whereas 3D printing, you start with the material, in this case, a powder bed, yeah. and you only use the material that you yes. fuse together, for lack of better words. And then all the surplus powder yeah. material then can be reconstituted, mixed with additional version yeah. material, and then reused as mm -hmm. a batch of material for the next print. Yeah. So you can keep recycling that to a certain degree, but you can't recycle it indefinitely. Mm. So in that sense, you, like both of them are recycling, yeah. but one of them is just a way easier process of recycling yeah. than the well, other. Well, you don't have to, first of all, you don't have to bring it out to someone else that can actually make the whole block of. Smelt it down, yeah. <laughs> cast it into a block yeah. of aluminum and go. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so that's a lot faster. Um, that's, that's one of the main reasons why they, they chose this um, technology. That makes, sense. that makes sense. It's also a tighter tolerance technology as well. Yeah. Just a fundamental. Um, um, whereas the hybrid technology mm -hmm. over deposit. Yeah. So like you're printing a cube, you want a cube that is, I'm going to go four inches by four inches by four yeah. inches. That technology will make a cube that is like 4.25 inches yeah. by 4.25 and by some odd number. Yeah. And then, and then they shave it down. The CNC comes in yeah. and shaves it down to the four inch yeah. cube. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the sintering technology will get you like 4.01. Yeah. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. And then if they choose to want to get that tolerance even tighter, then they can. I can't believe I just use inches. Yeah, because three printers never use inches. <laughs> That's fine. Everything is millimeters. Yeah. Um, so as well, it was my understanding that they took these parts that they sintered. So yeah. so SLS metal sintering. Yeah. And they uh, they use them for functional prototypes. Yes. So um, it was to test fit, form, and functionality. Yeah. And then the idea was to move it over to end use yeah. i mean that makes sense yeah right so this is more of a trial I, I believe this is more like when we read the article it felt like it was more of a trial run uh we don't know how it never actually really said how many 3d printed parts are on the oil rigs now so we don't know if it's actually like functional wise is it right. actually like 
at the site. Um, but we know that they are test fitting it, prototyping with it and select places probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to make sure that they can actually increase these efficiency, make parts stronger and stuff like that. Yeah. Design optimizations. Yeah. Makes that makes it like mm -hmm. anytime when we're talking about design optimization, yeah. uh, and this theme will keep coming back yeah. and I, Every episode we talk about a specific industry, it will always cover, I'm like 99% sure of this, Yeah. design optimization. Yeah. It will almost always talk about uh, efficiencies with regards yeah. to manufacturing. And it will probably talk about increasing complexity for shapes. Because- uh -huh. Well, that's what three Where were we, Eugene? Um, I think we're actually just about to wrap up. Okay. So like we were talking about how, um, like most of these episodes talking about different verticals, yeah. Efficiencies and complexity and um, all that stuff comes in various different ways, mm -hmm. right? Different forms. And like 3D printing brings a lot of that to manufacturing industries in yeah. particular. So yeah. like anything that's physically making something will mm -hmm. always be looking for those things. Yeah. Because no, like every company is looking for efficiency. Yeah. Better efficiency, more profit. In yeah. this case, better efficiency, more profit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that may be different when we start to get into service businesses that are looking mm -hmm. to bring this thing, uh, this technology to uh, their customers. Yeah. Um, and when I say service businesses, I don't mean like service bureaus where you're 3D printing pieces yeah. for people. That's yeah. already there. I'm talking about businesses that are looking to leverage 3D printing as a way mm -hmm. to be more engaged with their customers. Mm -hmm. So that happens, but at a much smaller fraction. Mm -hmm. um, but that's another topic altogether. So, yeah. so I mean, I just wanted to point out that there's going to be consistencies across the board, and like those three things that we talked about are well, always what, pretty much going to be there. Yeah, that's what three printers are all about, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, unless there's another use for it that we haven't found out. But, uh, I don't know. But we don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those are main points of um, so far of adapting three printers or additive manufacturing in general into your business. So those are things that if you want to look at, you, you should consider then. Yeah. Right? And it definitely requires a big understanding on, you know, technical skills. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, what is required with regards to your team yeah. that yeah. Can, can do that. I mean, we covered in some yeah. of that last, yeah. last, last mm -hmm. episode. Um, but there's a lot to consider. Yeah. And these, like, it's evident that industries are considering but even then, there's a lot to consider. Well, they're considering and they're changing. They're, they're pivoting. Yeah. Just got to remember, though, when any industry makes a change, it's a big impact. It is. It's a big impact because there's not 100% certainty, unless they start trying, yeah. uh, about the returns they're going to get. Yeah. Like, theoretically speaking, all this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But that transition and making that transition work long term, mm. that's it's, the hard part. It's a lot of work. That's a lot. Yeah. Like, you know what they say about don't fix what's not broken. <laughs> True. Right. Um, yeah. and, and so the system isn't broken. It isn't. But it's just not efficient. It's not tuned. Yeah. Yeah. So which is why we're uh, all those reports are saying gas and oil industries revenue is going to go up by 2025. Yeah. By, by a, a lot. lot. <laughs> a lot. Because <laughs> we don't know the actual <laughs> number. Yeah. So I guess that wraps up uh, this episode for oil and gas. Um, a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, for a, well, a lot of projected changes. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, also, you got to keep in mind, we're moving over to like electrification. Yeah, which is, which is, 
why it matters to them so much right now to actually, um, yeah, for efficiency to maximize their revenue, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be a tomorrow thing. Yeah. It won't be. um, They still have a couple decades, I think. I give it a little less than that. Depends on how hard we push as a society for EV. Uh, We're pushing pretty hard. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. So remember to subscribe, um, click the button down there and also click the bell button as well. And um, if you don't have time to watch us, you can listen to us on Spotify or Anchor. And hopefully um, you'll be able to listen to our chat. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy our uh, context. And we also actually just changed our setup a bit. We changed our mics. So if you guys have any opinions, whether or not our audio is better, um, let us know in the comments below. Yeah. Um, Or if there's a specific industry that you want us to dig into. Yeah. um, A topic that you guys want us to dig into. Mm -hmm. Like all these Tink Track segments are almost to a certain degree a industry research that we're doing for both ourselves as we start to develop out more of the skills content Mm -hmm. And we'd love to know what you guys are interested in. So yeah. leave a comment in that area. I'm oh, sorry, leave, leave it in the comments. Like you're yeah. way better at this outfit thing than I am. So go for it. Yeah. Well, remember, as Eugene said, leave it in the comments below and uh, we'll catch you next time. Okay. Okay. Cool. Bye. Bye.